0: Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff,
1: and management. It's been a long day. Grab a cold drink and step into the man cave. Your hosts Ray Austin and J.D. Harris are getting the discussion together, so it's sure to be an exciting hour of fun and talk. We want to hear from you too, so get ready to speak your mind. We don't judge here. Now your hosts of The Man Cave, J.D. Harris and Ray Austin.
2: Hey, what's going on, Lucretia? Uh, thanks for having us come in. Uh Ray is doing his usual thing. You know, Ray don't even know where he is right now, to tell you the truth. Uh, Actually, um, Ray is filming today for Chicago PD. You know, we have a thespian in a a group with the man cave. So he's the theatrical one. Um, And I'm stuck actually in the man cave of my house because my allergies are back. And so, uh, but we have a guy filling in for Ray that's funny that knows sports, that knows art, and a lot of other things. And we're going to let him talk a little bit about himself. We have Tyrus Gouche, the world's comedian, artist, warrior, all the above. Tyrus, what's happening tonight? First of all, let me just
3: say, Ray is dead. I don't know why JD is holding back and pretending that he's going to be back next week. Ray's done. I'm here. This is permanent. And we're going to change the name of the show. Uh, I just haven't come to the conclusion of what the name will be. So, uh, yeah, all right, here we go. I'm ready to talk some sports. Uh,
2: (laughs) (laughs) this just came when my man came, took off his shoes, started picking his toenails, kicked up, and brought his own drink. And it was like, like, That's that's how we do. That's how we do. And let me tell you, let
3: me tell you, Ray made the chair real comfortable. I feel good.
2: I'm but comfortable. I'm sitting down. I, yeah, I was like, you're sitting in the lazy boy. You know how you got the love seat, the couch, and then the one lazy boy. You just went up in the lazy boy in your drawers, man. What's up?
3: That's you? how we do it. You know what I said? And, and do me a favor. Don't mess up my jeans. I got them folded so the pleats will stay nice. <laughs> and I'm gonna have a good time while I'm here.
2: <laughs> well, man, I'm glad to have you on. Uh, and for all you that don't know, Tyrus is back in the Windy City. Uh, tires tell a little bit about yourself, and then we're going to talk about that miserable weather you got there.
3: Hey, listen, man, don't be disrespectful to Chicago. So here's the deal, man. I am right now, I'm an artist. Uh, I do 3D and 2D video games, illustration, and I'm also a college professor. That's right. People trust me with their kids. Um, and so I've been doing this for almost 14 years. Had the privilege and pleasure of working on quite a few things uh, as far as uh, video games and illustrations but my heart is i uh, been with sports for a while I'm a huge sports enthusiast I uh, live on ESPN my, my favorite sport right now I, you know honestly I think it's a tie between the NFL and the UFC uh, J, JD and I have had quite a few conversations about both of those things and so I'm very passionate and opinionated uh, about both of those things bring back Ray Rice uh, uh,
2: wait 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 and opinionated I'll give you guys Going back, this is funny, this had to be like 2000, whenever Mario Williams was coming out for the NFL, so it was actually around this time, which is crazy, because it was like two days before my birthday, uh, Tyrus, his wife, and my good friend Anna, we go to a Bulls game, and I'm telling Tyrus, Mario Williams will be the first pick of the draft. No, he won't. I mean, we went on, and Tyrus is funny, so... He, he's a lot bigger than me, and I live in a state where I couldn't conceal and carry. So he's going to win a lot more arguments because I'm not going to sit there and wrestle someone that's just as big or bigger than me and just as crazy. It's, you know, it, it wouldn't be any good for me. So we're sitting there, and mind you, my background, and Tyrus is telling me, no, you're a fool. You'll get fired if you did do it. He's not going. Vince Young is going first. Da, 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 da. Uh, and I, I think the women heard us on this argument for about 40 minutes. I was all the way into the city. We,
3: we argued. And and how rude are you to bring up my only loss in the sports argument in 20 years, J.D.? How rude <laughs> are you? Very, very disrespectful. Right. So, very disrespectful.
2: So uh, this past weekend, uh, I'm out here and we have today is the conclusion of the NFL's owners meeting uh and also we had they had the very first veterans combine and for those of you that don't know um what's going on a lot of times in the off season uh a lot of the guys have area workouts, and when you're in front office, I mean you're getting calls every day from these agents asking for June bug the third to come out. And uh, give him a workout or, you know, he was on the squad before like five years ago in someone's camp and he's gotten faster. So what they did this time, they took uh, a group of, they had like over 2,000 applicants and uh, for the Veterans Combine. So they selected uh, 105 and you had some notable names. You had Felix Jones, Michael Bush, you had Brady Quinn, they asked Tim Tebow. And then Tyra's favorite player, Michael Sams, was here.
3: My, my favorite player. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so uh,
2: Michael, uh, And you know uh, right now that Michael Sams is going to steal the show, just like Tebow was. I was actually hoping that Tebow came to kind of balance at least the attention that Sams was getting. So uh, it started real early, started about 8 o'clock Sunday, and went on to about 5 o'clock uh, and I won't even tell you how NFL Network broke down right uh, before it was over, like an hour before it was supposed to be over. They were like, it was a wrap. So the people that came there, they came to see Sam's, and um, he looked like he was in better shape than he was last year for the NFL Combine. Um, but yet, he ran a 4 9, a 4 9, and. He looked like someone broke his back. How my back is hurting right now, and not to mention, uh, rumors came out, you know, mm-hmm. about his attitude and things like that. So, Tyrus, you know, what what's your thought on Sam's and and things like that? We'll go more later on about the combine itself.
3: So, my you know my my deal with Michael Sam's is, <clears throat> I I hate to see I hate to see a, a, a an agenda pushed over what's actually valid, right? So, you just made a, a very good point. He ran a 4-9, right? He shouldn't be, even in the NFL talks, if you're running a 4-9, he shouldn't, teams shouldn't be flying him out, uh, giving him a chance because there are guys who deserve that opportunity, but because, in my opinion, it feels like yeah, the NFL I, doesn't want to be labeled, they don't want to be labeled as a, a professional uh, group that won't allow homosexuals and they have to keep pretending to give him a chance so he goes from St. Louis to Dallas to some other team and now he's trying out for the Arizona Cardinals and clearly this guy isn't NFL material but for some reason we have to pretend and we have to keep giving him opportunities to be great now if you want to compare it to which I wouldn't but if you want to compare it to somebody's like somebody like uh Jackie Robinson Jackie Robinson was just great so he broke he broke Stereotypes he broke lies he broke the color line and he was great doing it uh Jesse Owens what he did in the Olympics he was great if you're great you're great you don't have to force a story you don't have to force greatness greatness is just that it's great Michael Sams isn't great so why are we pretending that he can be and I, when I say we I mean the media
2: yeah and, and that and that was you can see the other players' response. To how he was being covered um, or coveted at the combine. You know, he's stretching and there's cameras all in his face. And uh, I won't name the player, but he looks over and was like, Psh.
1: and it just walks off.
2: And I think that that happening uh, is like, okay, the, st- the, ho- the story is dead and the horse is beat already. You're beating a dead horse and a dead story. The guy, first of all, is an undersized linebacker as it is. Uh, He would would have to play with his hands in the dirt because he has no hit movement. And I don't think that he could do anything over some of the left tackles in the league or right tackles, and he's a very limited player. So I just, to me, I'm glad, and I say this, we could get back to football with it. Um, On another note, uh, you had guys like uh, Michael Bush uh, and Felix Jones, which Felix Jones, I don't know if you remember, Tyrus, in our fantasy football years ago when he was a rookie, and I actually stole him and Mm -hmm. won the championship off of Felix Jones. (laughs) Correct. Because nobody else knew about him. And Felix Jones, when he was coming out, man, him and Darren McFadden, But Felix, to me, was better than Darren McFadden. He ran a 4-4, unbelievable hip movement, things like that. He came in, and unfortunately, he ran a 4-7-9. You know
3: know what? You're right. I would say very easily Felix Jones had a better NFL career than um, Derek McFadden. Derek McFadden, his career is longer. But that's because he's been injured. He's been out for a season, out for three quarters of a season. I... I don't know his numbers off the top of my head, but I would tell you right now if you could draft all over again. I know Felix has some injuries at the end. I would take Felix Jones. You're absolutely right.
2: Yeah, but for to see Felix at this veteran combine and and go from running a four four coming out of college to running a four seven nine for a right. running back. Yeah, yeah. And I was, it was like whoa, what happened, bro? You you've been out the you know you were really injured, and now. One of the stories of the Combine was Michael Bush, who just recently in 2013 played with the Bears. Michael Bush comes in, he, and he said it himself once he got his, uh, his score for his time. They told him, four nine one. He was like, well, there's my career. Hmm. <laughs> he, he knew it. It was like, well, dang. So out of running backs, Michael LaShore, uh, probably looked the best out of all around. What did um, he run? What did he have? He st- I think Michael was still like a 4'6". Uh, I forgot his time. I didn't get his time. Um, and then I looked at a couple old o- linemen that I thought was good. The Harris Kip from Townsend. Uh, he almost looked like a tight end. I mean, the guy was fluid, hips, long arms, a little thin for my liking. But, you know, if he could get the job done, he gets the job done. But here was the thing which I was kind of upset with the other media outlets that with the quarterbacks I didn't think they gave adequate love to the right person. You know, some of them were like oh, Zach Robinson I am going to tell you. The dude that uh, really got the job done for me was uh, Gerard Johnson from uh, Texas Mm A&M. His arm reminded me the his throwing motion and the passes he was able to throw, Randall Cunningham.
3: I saw I saw a comparison to Vince Young in college.
2: And no, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say Vince Young, his release was mm-hmm. kind of awkward, right. more like yeah. Uncle Rico. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, but this kid he had that long release, but the flick at the end. And I'm talking about the velocity, uh, the power that came into it. It was unbelievable. But talk about unbelievable! I drank a lot of uh, soda today. Check that. I had a lot of water, and it's time for me to get a bathroom break as we go into break. So I'm going to unbelievably relieve myself. So we'll be back in a sec.
4: Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
0: Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
4: You are going global with gas. Man Is that Matt the intern? That's here Look I made this show Dude you totally made it man You were doing the Big Brother tryout today yeah. Alright 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 Kevin <laughs> yeah, yeah go ahead Matt
1: Alright let's come on Let's play drug code
4: Where'd you learn that Cheech? Drug school uh, We're yeah. gonna play some porn music or not And this is the game That we play That you're gonna hear some music And it's either from a porn Or it's not Live every Saturday At 1pm pacific time On the voiceamerica.com Variety channel Going global with gas Man How the hell Do they know they I like that Gas
6: today's Today's Hot Topics.
5: The bottom line in business talk.
4: The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's a the shot. got it With 2.8 seconds left. To left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we, cover, everything. we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports.
1: You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1 888 346 9144. 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to JD Harris at high intensity Now, let's get back to the show.
2: Natasha, girl, I like how you say my name. Now, get out my man cave and go make me a sandwich. <laughs> all right. We're back. Welcome back to the man cave. I got my boy, uh, Tyrus Gouche, artist, father of five. Five? Yeah. I mean, kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah but we're not, father we're not here to five.
3: talk about that. Let's not talk about
2: that. <laughs> and uh, professor, all the above, he's a renaissance man. So we're talking football still. So have you been following the offseason transactions this year, Tyrus?
3: I have but not like I have in years past so I have a little bit of what's going on um so enough to keep me up to date.
2: So any stories have stuck out to you thus far?
3: Um none. You know the, the biggest one was the Michael Sam thing. I saw that and then the Bears picking up McDonald from the 49ers. Um and Dallas picking up I can't remember his name Hardy. Ray Hardy. Dallas picking up Hardy and the response from the media. I don't think that response, let me let me just say this. I don't think that response is genuine from the fans. I think the media is taking accuse from the fans who are upset and saying, hey, this is an issue. Because I can tell you, most people, now this is just my opinion. I, I, don't, I haven't polled this. Most people, if somebody hasn't been convicted or it's not clear that they did something, like in McDonald's case where he's actually suing one of the people who accused him of doing wrong, most people are willing to say, let's let this play out in court and let's pick that player up. Right, So I think the media has taken the angle of, oh, everyone's outraged that this guy's been con- accused of domestic violence and yet he's been picked up. Well, here's, here's a news flash. In America, one, we allow people to work until they've been proven guilty. We don't just fire people because someone said they did something wrong and never let them work again. The next thing is, when he is or if he is found guilty, after he's served his time or whatever happens, he still should be allowed to make a living uh... as a professional football player if a person served their time so this idea that once you've been accused of doing something wrong or once you've been accused of domestic violence only this is the only thing if you kill somebody it's okay kill somebody's a drunk driver they don't really care but if you're involved in domestic violence you should according to the media never be allowed to work again for the rest of your life
2: it, exactly and it's funny that you brought this up and honestly Uh, To our fans out there, Tyrus and I didn't even do any prep on this. And this was something I was dealing with today uh, as I was listening uh, to Stephen A. this morning. My issue is if a person was a truck driver and he had a problem with his wife or whatever, or she had a problem with her husband, no one's calling for them to get fired. Then... They go back to work, things like that, unless they did something at that job or was a true detriment to that job, that would be different. So uh, my issue is where's redemption? And if we are going to keep this standard for pro athletes, and let's be real, for minority athletes, let's then keep this high standard for musicians. Let's keep this for actors. Let's keep this for politicians. Let's keep this for educators because, I mean, you have Robert Downey Jr., that felt, they woke up woke up in a little girl's bed. You had Rob Lowe, that basically com, uh, has statutory rape, and he's making commercials. He's allowed to work in his occupation that makes a lot more money than athletes.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: What's the issue? Or you go to Dante Stalworth, like you said, that had a drunk driving situation, but yet he was still able to come back and play in the league.
3: Yeah, I mean, we, we're talking about there are athletes. Uh, there, the two, what was a lineman I believe in Dallas who killed his his friend who was also on the team in a drunk driving accident. Oh and yeah, there's less, yeah. There's less of an outrage about that than someone who committed domestic violence. Now, clearly, domestic violence is a crime and it's wrong. So my my point of view isn't in support of that, but it's in let's put things in perspective. When people fall down, in this country, we allow them to get back up. We don't put our foot on their necks and say, oh, well, you, you have to stay down here forever. That doesn't make any sense. If, if someone makes a mistake or is accused of making a mistake, especially, one, we have to go through the process and let them go to court. Um, Ray Rice is suing the Baltimore Ravens. He is going to win you know there was no there was no trial there was it's just hey you, we think you did something wrong
2: therefore oh no they already said he's getting his money back well so there you go yeah i mean but here's the issue though and realistically in Ray Rice's case and i'm a Ray Rice fan as a football player Ray Rice is kind of at the end of his career anyway you know and i say that because He's a north and south back that's taken a lot of pounding. And we know once you hit that 30 mark, unless you're Adrian Peterson type, that's a rarity. Now, And, and now you have that going on. Uh, where I was actually able to speak to Rick Spillman, general manager of the Vikings, and it sounds, I mean, from the looks of everything, it looks like they have their foot in the ground and he has his foot in the ground. I think that's going to happen until draft day. Adrian Peterson will get traded. Uh I don't doubt that, and I can see him coming to Arizona. Is he worth the thirteen million dollars? You know, I mean, you take even though he turned thirty, he did have a year off, and then a couple of years with the injuries. So he's that one freak of nature. If anyone could come back and have a better career in their thirties as a north and south back, Adrian Peterson could. Ray Rice, he's not that dude. Yeah,
3: but I I, w- I would think his yards per carry would drop, but I think the athleticism and the power that he has diminishes, but he's still he's still in the top 15, maybe top 20 running backs. And he may not be a starter. I would think he had at least another year, maybe two, of starting somewhere. Um, but I still think he has the ability to play. Now, when we talk about Adrian Peterson, I can tell you right now, if they were to redraft everybody, he'd go into top five as far as running backs. So his career is definitely not over. But I, I, I want to talk about what the Vikings are doing. So this guy said, look, all right, you guys, when I needed you most, you turned on me. I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want anything to do with this organization. Trade me. I want to get out of here. And for them to put their foot on the pedal, I'm, I'm concerned, that I think we're going to have another Barry Sanders where he's just not going to play. Uh, and, and I would respect him not doing that. If, if, I, if I was going through what he went through and the organization that I shed blood, sweat, and tears for turned on me, I don't think I want to play for them either. And I would say to the fact, well, I have enough money. I could retire. I could just walk away from this, but I will not play for you again.
2: See, I don't think that's the case in this situation. Uh, First of all, you got to look at it. Adrian, you got yourself in trouble. That's one thing. Uh, They may have taken a stand to a point where they felt they were comfortable with in the big scheme of things, again, until they got other pressure. I mean, he still got paid while he was sitting at home. Uh, their their hands were tied because it depends on what happens with the league at the same time if a player doesn't want to play for you at some point it's just like a woman that doesn't want to be with you you gotta let her go but my thing is and I, I really think that the Vikings will do it. I think it'll just be a matter of time where it's strategically advantage uh advantage for them like draft day so draft day if they want to move up a couple spots and get some uh, package him into something. They'll do that. They're going to do it with a team that is going to give them some better picks and things like that. So you got to look at the teams who need running backs Uh, that Mm -hmm. may not be saying it now, but Mm -hmm. later on in the draft and swapping picks. And I knowing, uh, having worked with Rick, uh, I could see him taking that type of move. Uh, Just not doing it now because Adrian said, you know what, you didn't support me and uh, the word is going out that they had issues before this ever happened. They had issues, you know, when they let Leslie Frazier go. They had issues when they let um, the wide receiver go to Seattle, Percy Harvin. So these issues have been running for a long time. And I think Adrian is also looking at, man, I don't think we're any closer to winning a Super Bowl. I'm ready. I think that's, I think he's using this situation Mm -hmm. as leverage or as an excuse to get out of his contract to be in a situation to win a Super Bowl. That's Mm why I think really the issue is.
3: Well, I think it may be a little bit of all of those things, but I'm certainly sure this seems like a personal issue. This seems like something that... Is personal to him, so it may have been a conversation behind closed doors. It may have been a lack of support in a situation that he thought was detrimental. But clearly, this is personal, and it may be. And oh, by the way, the Vikings aren't ever going to win a Super Bowl in the next two hundred years. So let me move myself. <laughs> and and honestly, I can't. I can't really be upset with that. Now, since we're talking about the Vikings, um, you know, a, a name that popped in my head is Percy Harvin. Now, this guy had the tangibles, he had the ability, the athleticism to be one of the greatest NFL players or a great NFL player. And it appears because of his attitude, he just can't get along with anybody and stay long enough. Between the the migraines and his attitude, nobody wants to keep this guy out. That's crazy to me. What do you think about that, Jake? Well,
2: Rex Ryan actually took him, signed him with Buffalo when he had him at the Jets. Right. Mm-hmm. He's Rex Ryan's kind of player. Uh, Rex Ryan is... Is used to those Bart Scott type uh, people who have Can't big wait. personalities. Yeah. He has. He can deal with the egos and the big personality types. And Percy knows this is it for him. I mean, when Percy was a free agent, no one was really knocking on the door for him. Because here's the thing where people have to get. I, I mean, our society pumps up people's head too much. And a lot of these young cats are nar- becoming narcissists and feeling like it's about them. And here's the thing we're all replaceable. When they replace, I'm gonna tell you, this should have been a wake up call. And those who've been in the league and know this, and you have two different perspectives. But when Brett Favre is let go, that should that was a wake up call for a lot of people. Then when Peyton Manning gets cut from Indy, stuff got real for people. It was like, whoa, Peyton Manning? So. You get a guy like Percy Harvin, someone needs to be in this corner and say, hey, yo, dog, there's not too many things you can do when your career is over to make anything remotely close to this money. You need to have some hubble pie, shut up, stay on the field for a full season, and then chill out.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. That's a good point, and I agree with you. Like, You know, in Adrian Peterson's situation, I feel like I understand him speaking out and being, quote-unquote, rebellious. In Percy Harvin's situation, I feel like this guy needs to do whatever he can to uh, stay relevant. But go ahead, Jay.
2: Yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit more about this uh, after this break. will not you guys go ahead and get you something? I got to keep on sneezing. Take me some uh, Claritin or something. So we will be back in the cave. Peace.
4: your internet flagship station for sports voice america
5: sports are you ready to talk sports with a passion get ready for cheap shots with luther broughton and micah warren we'll start off with the nfl pretty much always but the talk moves along from there we'll talk about the events of the week opinions from the big names and predictions of what's to come plus we'll get to hear from you the ultimate fan don't let the name of the show fool you. We're in it for the good stuff. Cheap Shots can be heard live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time or p.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. It's time for a look at sports from behind the lens with Pete D'Alonzo. This show provides an inside focus on what goes on in the sports world that you don't hear about on most sports talk radio shows. There have been a lot of changes in the way sports on television is presented. This includes rules, looks, and attitudes. Pete DeLonso has a 30-year-plus Emmy Award winning career working behind the scenes in sports coverage. Now you can get the real story behind the lens with Pete DeLonso. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Sports.
4: The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They a ass and then move oh, on. I just, I just think that the coach do. made a mistake. I'm crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, MLB, MLB NBA, NBA, NHL, NHL speak, up speak up or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America
1: Sports. you're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to JD Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show.
2: Tyrus, I know that beat we make you want to do the stanky leg. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So yeah, as we're talking, yeah, Percy Harvin, having his issues. Uh, people just have to wake up and understand that everyone's replaceable. And at some point, you're going to not play anymore. And then what happens? Look at the history of what's happened to the T.O.'s of the world. Chad Ocho sinkles of the world. You know,
3: How I, and about that? And, and those two guys, you would think, I mean, with Terrell Owens, a great player that he was, that he would have found someplace. Uh, even Randy Moss, like, the dismissal of those guys means that your life in the NFL is extremely short.
2: Well, at least with Randy Moss, he had enough personality that people right. did. One yeah. of the things that people aren't aware is how intelligent Randy Moss was. Mm-hmm. Randy Moss qualified uh, for the University of Notre Dame and Florida State. Mm-hmm. This, he's not just some dumb dude that just could run a vert. He understands the game. That's the reason why Fox Sports has him on. But Percy I- Harvin is not going to get a job doing commentary
3: yeah. and if you told if you if you remember back in the early 2000s when when you would watch watch uh terrell owens and his personality and how he would i mean anything he did was like news you would think he'd be the person more suited for television but clearly randy moss is good at what he does he understands football and it's crazy to watch that unfold you i would have never thought that randy moss would be the tv personality
2: out of those two well yeah terrell don't get it twisted now Terrell Owens is very intelligent. He just burned too many bridges.
3: Agreed. Agreed.
2: And I think that's the difference. Randy didn't always necessarily burn a bridge. He just was out. Because, you know, Denny Green and everybody loved him. It was just like, hey, cash money, homie. (laughs) You know, (laughs) that's where it was. But uh, outside of football, the offseason, I look at Arizona Cardinals, I'm hoping that they get a quarterback in a draft and do something. The Bears recently have been a little bit more active. I don't understand why they still haven't gone after a safety, uh, considering Chris Conte and a, and a quarterback. It's like sometimes they just seem to continue to ignore the issues that they have. But maybe they're waiting. They're knowing, hey, Washington may give up RG3 uh, closer to the draft, things like that. So, I mean – I'm not I wouldn't be surprised if moves like that start taking place in the next you know few weeks or the draft day where someone like a Kirk Cousins or RG3 becomes available and let's see if they go after it. And I had to uh give one of my boys a hard time that works for Chicago. I was like, dude, you see, Brady Quinn was a better quarterback than uh your backup <laughs> at Notre Dame, uh Jimmy Claussen. I take Brady Quinn over Jimmy Clausen Heck, at this point, I'll take Brady Quinn over Jay Cutler. You I know think that's,
3: that's crazy, but
2: yeah, I'm, you know, take I'm just saying it's crazy. And this is what I'm saying. <laughs> at the end of the season, neither one of them is the answer. I'd rather just have a cheaper option that's mm-hmm. going to cost less hassle in my, in my organization, and at least Brady Quinn knows his role. I might be a career backup. And I'm happy with that. And I'll Give the little starting experience I had to people. See, Brady Quinn's problem was he started off playing in Cleveland. And I'm telling you, as a person that worked for Cleveland, what good has come out of Cleveland?
3: Nothing in the history of the world, not only in football, just in general. Nothing good. In Ohio, though, entire state, the best thing that was ever imported was LeBron, just for the record. I mean,
2: you look at after... The early years of the Browns, when they won nine championships, with Otto Graham, and then they had a, a good competitive run with Jim Brown
3: mm-hmm.
2: and the Indians in a World Series that lost. But you go back and you look at it, especially at the Browns since they come back. What mm-hmm. first round pick has done anything or lasted? And that's going into the era I was there. Tim Couch, Tim Couch only played what three or four years. Courtney Brown didn't last. I mean, his best season was and he was a great athlete as the season he went to Denver and then got hurt again. Trent Richardson, I mean, you're talking about Heisman status. You now Johnny Manziel chilling <laughs> in rehab. <laughs> I mean, Josh Gordon, he wasn't a first round. It's like it's some organization that seems like when you That is a place where you end your career, not where you started. <laughs> and Jacksonville Jaguars is the same way.
3: Well, tell me this. Let me ask you this. Tell me about the Redskins and RG3. Um, because I don't necessarily see RG3 as being a problem. I think it's an organizational issue. But do you think
2: it's an RG3 issue? I think is a very convoluted situation. But I think that Everybody is a problem in this. I think ownership's a problem in this. I believe RG3 has some culpability in this. I believe that the coaching staff has some culpability in this. And it sounds like no one has been on the same page. And mm-hmm. since Doug Williams, <laughs> you've had an issue with your quarterback coming in uh, there. Uh, you had the whole thing with the Shanahan issue. Shanahan didn't want Donovan McNabb. And actually, mm-hmm. I thought that would have been a great marriage because the things that Donovan McNabb was able to do uh, with the naked bootlegs and stuff like that. But then mm-hmm. they got away from that and then tried to question whether this man is able to play. And it's like, yes, he's able to play. I always
3: thought that was weird. I thought Donovan McNabb was perfect for what they needed. They had a mobile quarterback who can make plays with his feet and save an them and had, a, and had an arm, right. Yeah, he wasn't, I wouldn't say this was the most accurate quarterback, but he was certainly a usable, viable quarterback. And I think sometimes I watch what happens with the Redskins, and it looks like personalities become more of an issue than athleticism. So I look at RG3, clearly this guy is capable of playing football. But there, when I saw that coach kind of throw him under the bus toward the middle and end of the year, I go, why, why would you do that? Why are you trying to sever a relationship that... You could fix. So, you know, take this guy and build him and say, hey, right now he's injured. Let's get him. But it looked like every chance the coach could get, he'd take pot shots at him and try to hurt him. I, I never know. understood that.
2: Well, I think because he doesn't want him, and RG3 had more leverage than the coach with ownership.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, Maybe. yeah.
2: And, and that right there, they're teetering or lobbying for position. And it's like, well, hey, coach, I make more than you. And I, it was interesting the other day, I saw that John Gruden actually, you know, because the head coach is Jay Gruden, John's uh, brother, John Gruden actually made it a point to say something very, very positive about RG3. And I thought I thought it was cute <laughs> because he, cause it was like, you know, you don't really like him. Uh, your brother doesn't like him. And so here it is. So, it's going to be interesting to see what they do uh, in yeah. terms of, to me, when they drafted Kirk Cousins, that was uh, Shanahan's way of saying, I don't like the pick.
3: The writing on a wall.
2: Yeah, I mean, you draft them the same draft. If I'm mm-hmm. drafting two quarterbacks at that position, I'm saying to myself, I'm not sold on this guy because what most people would do if they had a rookie coming in like him, they're going to go get a vet. To kind of bring him along. Not mm-hmm. try to bring someone in to stir up competition with him.
3: Absolutely. I completely agree with you. So that that in itself was wasn't a weird situation that, that I don't think started off uh, in the best light. But I, I certainly look at RG3's potential and even how he played in his first year. And I'll tell you, as a Bears fan... I wouldn't mind having him on our team. I think that guy's not done. I don't think he's at the end of his rope. Um, it, even how he played in college, he seems to be the kind of guy who finds a way to win. And I, I don't think it's a smart idea to just throw him away.
2: Well, I don't think they're going to throw him away. He's going to be trade bait. Uh, but mm-hmm. now they have to clean up what they said about him for someone to get him. Because a lot of experts agree that he's not done. He's just done there. And, I agree, right? And, yeah. and, and there's a big difference. But mm-hmm. speaking of done, uh, what's going on? Like, I mean, UFC dog, love yeah, let's it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. I, I, I know that's Ray. This is the part where I'm trying to get Ray to come in a little bit. So Ray, <laughs> I'm throwing you under the bus like Jay Gruden. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um. So who do you want to talk about? You want to talk about Ronda? You want to talk about John? Who who, 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 which, which guy do you want to talk? Oh, Ernie, you want to talk about Lester?
2: ronda and the whole thing with Layla ali
3: yeah i mean that's that's kind of a silly argument because clearly ronda in a 101 you know a ufc fight she mixed martial arts in, in the octagon she would kill Layla ali there's no ifs ands and buts about it there's no exception unless leila, leila, leila ali happens to hit her with a combo and knocks her out right in a boxing match Ronda Rousey is mensch meat. There is no way she could box with Layla Ali. It's not, it's not something that's gonna where she's gonna accidentally knock her out. It's just not it doesn't make any sense. Layla Ali is a much bigger woman, longer reach. Uh I, I I don't even think it would be close. So this argument that they're having and, and Dana White reaching out and saying, Well, Layla, if you want to fight, we'll set it up. I think that's really just more propaganda to get that super fight talk out for the next four years. Because watch this. Ronda Rousey is running out of people to fight. And it's not because, she's, clearly, she's a dominant fighter. She's one; of, She is the greatest women's mixed martial artist ever, right? But here's the problem. She has zero competition. It's well, not so much about her being fantastic and unstoppable, as that no one is prepared to fight her.
2: Yeah, and today, Ronda Rousey was out on uh, ESPN in first take, and she even admitted, she was like, Leia Ali is the greatest. And if you're the greatest, you're going to say that, you know. Boxing is different than wrestling, and so mm-hmm. she's well aware of it. The very points that you made up. Uh, now maybe she could fight Michael Sam's. That would be. Interesting. <laughs> 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 oh,
3: and he keep his back straight the entire time. Yeah. You
2: know. It it'd be, it'd be it be it would be interesting. But when we come back, I mean, one of the other things we got. I know you're going to be looking forward to this. Is we got to talk about. Uh, Floyd and Manny and that whole situation I man um but UFC I can't wait for John bones Jones to get back i uh, I'm tired uh when I saw my boy Benson Henderson get robbed that last match I don't know if you watched that
3: I did I did i I, I thought he got robbed and then he fought again afterwards right yeah because he yeah he fought again afterwards I, I did I thought he got robbed absolutely
2: well, yeah. going to, speaking of Rob, I got to rob my refrigerator of some beverages. So I'll be back in a few. Peace. Yeah. The opening
4: kickoff is a beauty.
6: parenting relationships self-improvement career advice and a variety of other topics check us out today you're sure to find something of interest voice america variety talk on today's hot topics
4: your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports
1: You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to JD Harris at high sports.com. Now, let's get back to the show.
2: We're back. Uh, it's that time of the show that we all look forward to.
0: Houston, we have a problem.
2: And Houston, my Houston, we have a problem is... The White Howard. The White. You know, he had a gag order on his baby mama. Not just a girl he hooked up with, but his baby mama. The White goes and uh she basically broke the gag order. So, she owes him 500 something $1000. His baby mama. The White decides he's going to go ahead and garnish her account. Uh and he can only get two thousand dollars out of it because she's not making money like he is still in front of NBA, you know. And uh, so <laughs> Dwight, come on, man, I understand. You know, you mouth check her, give her a warning, say, hey, if you do this, it's a wrap. But that's your baby mama, man. No, that's I gotta it.
3: disagree. I gotta disagree with you. I gotta tell you, when he when she agreed to not talk about the personal issues or to bring his child into her world of Housewives of Atlanta or whatever she was on, she should have respected the gag order. And if it was reversed, if it was a man who had broken the same type of gag order for for the women, a woman, everyone would be like, oh, how dare him? Why? How dare you bring your daughter into or your son into whatever? I think she should have respected the gag order. It's pretty simple. You can have as much money as you want. Just shut up. Don't bring me into your foolishness and keep my child out of it. Um, I got to agree with Dwight on that. I know he's petty. But I'm gonna call him, tell him put his cape on, and let's make it super petty. Go after her in criminal court too.
2: You know, whatever. Wow, man, it's hard out here for a pimp. (laughs) (laughs) So, what's your Houston when you have a problem?
3: I, you know, listen. I want to talk about John Jones, man. We're gonna go back to MMA, UFC again. I see every time John Jones is about to fight. Here's what's being said. This is the guy who can beat John Jones. Never once has John Jones been paraded as the champion he truly is. This guy is actually undefeated. He hasn't even come close to losing, and he's probably in his entire career only lost three rounds. And we never hear that because it, it's it's you know it looks like it's more advantageous to make him the bad guy, no matter what. Everyone keeps saying, "Oh, he's fake. Oh, he's this. Oh, he's that." How about the guy is great? How about the guy doesn't lose? How about the guy barely loses rounds and he stops everybody at what they're best at? And yet and still, the UFC, Dana White, nobody wants to say this guy is the greatest ever. They don't want to come out and outright say that he beats everybody at their own game. You're good at boxing. He's going to knock your head off. You're good at wrestling. He's going to take you down five times and pat you on the head, even though you are an Olympic silver medalist. And it, it it's, it's nuts. It's nuts. And you know what? I compare it to what happened to Muhammad Ali at his prime. He was the greatest. He was the greatest. And all America did was hate him and call him a draft dodger and all of these things. We wait until he's an old man with Parkinson's and now we want to clap and say how great he was. Let's clap and say how great John Bones Jones is right now. We do it for Ronda Rousey. She's a complete jerk. I love her. I got no problem with her. You're talking about a bad sport. She's a woman. That's a bad sport. What's worse than that? And yet, and still, (laughs) (laughs) and yet, and still, everybody's like, "Oh, Ronda's the greatest." Hey, let me knock on your door and introduce you to somebody called John Elbow Jones, who'll take your life with his forearms. I mean, the guy's a freaking superhero, and nobody wants to acknowledge that. Oh, no, no. So ever- Gustafson's going to knock him out. He's going to beat him. He gets stopped by a guy who's 5'4 with a punch to the forehead. Now the guy who's 5'4 is going to beat the guy who's 6'4. And everybody believes
2: it. It's the craziest thing ever. I'm telling you this. And I have a Napoleon Complex. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but John Bones Jones... I don't want nothing he has to give to anybody. <laughs> I mean, when he going back to acquiesce to what you're saying, when he can throw an elbow from six feet away and knock you out until your back into your mama's womb, leave that man alone. But speaking of greatest and things like that, now I have to talk about the pound for pound best strategic fighter I've ever witnessed. And that even goes over Muhammad Ali. Floyd Mayweather is unbelievable. But I am not going to lie to you. I'm a little worried about this fight. At first, I wasn't. I was like, if it was three or four years ago, I was like, Floyd is just going to destroy him. Now, for some reason, I'm a little nervous. Now, here's
3: my reply to that. And I want you to pay attention and pay attention. Here we go. All right? (laughs) Here's what the media is good at. Trying to create a situation where the guy they want to win becomes equal to the guy who always wins. Pacquiao has six losses, possibly seven, I'm not sure. including I include Taz's losses, right? He has some losses that he was given a win. Floyd Mayweather, there isn't a fight where you can actually say, I think Floyd Mayweather actually lost this fight. Floyd Mayweather has been great from start to almost finish. Uh, Manny Pacquiao has been knocked out, knocked down, embarrassed, lips been split open, has ties. I, I'm not going to compare him to greatness. I'm going to give greatness its due. I'm going to say Floyd Mayweather is going to embarrass Manny Pacquiao just like he did Ricky Hatton. When everybody thought that Ricky Hatton had the power to stop Floyd Mayweather, I remember him punching Ricky Hatton in the forehead and Ricky Hatton's head hitting the turn belt and then falling to the ground. I think the same thing is going to happen to Pacquiao. I don't think Pacquiao is going to beat him, and I think Pacquiao is going to be embarrassed after
2: the fourth round. So Here's my concern. Whenever, especially with a sport like, like boxing, and how people feel about Floyd and the state of boxing right now, I think if it comes down to a decision that bo- boxing will do its usual thing, and have some controversial end, which we know this, this fight is like three, two years too late anyway. Agree, It's two years too late. It's like that dog that only has one leg left and one eye left, or no, the dog is blind and you need to just take it out to the desert and shoot it and let it die. <laughs> but no, they want to keep on holding on to, to it. And I just don't think that I think what's going to happen. If it goes down to a decision, Manny's going to get it, and not because he want he deserves it, but they want this to go and then create the rocky legacy where as rocky eighteen floyd and uh M- Manny going at it what's your thoughts that you know
3: I, that's absolutely possible, and it wouldn't be crazy, but it bothers me that they would risk destroying the legacy of Floyd Mayweather just to say, okay, we need a a, a sequel and a prequel. I I think that it, the win for, for Floyd, and he understands this because so many people want him to lose, they don't want him to go out as being the greatest ever. And he knows that. I know that. You know that. They do not want him to have an, un, an arguable point of being the greatest ever. And so he's going to go out there and make sure that his win is clear. And, and, oh, by the way, I think he has the tools to do it because he's a counterpuncher. And with Pacquiao giving him so many opportunities by throwing so many punches, I think Floyd's going to land some devastating punches and hits. And it's going to be a clear win, if not a stoppage of some sort.
2: Yeah. I Again, if Manny is going to win, it's either he has to just go and really knock Floyd out in the first three rounds, or he needs to fight the last. If the fight lasts to the end, unfortunately, mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to Manny. Not because I think Manny is going to win it, but those that make the decisions, I just don't, I, I don't trust boxing. Boxing is mm-hmm. the one sport I don't trust. UFC, for the most part, unless, you know, what happened to Benson Henderson, and that was a safety issue. It wasn't just, it was a stoppage because Ben, you know, Ben just did something, you know, wrong. It was a safety issue. So for that, I could dig it.
3: Mhm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see.
2: Yeah, I just I really want uh, I want Floyd to win. I'm just concerned if it goes there. But remember, this is on tape now. Now, what about this final four? Where are you? How's your bracket looking?
3: <laughs> Man, listen, bracket the brackets ended two days after it started, and re- realistically, Kentucky is going to be Kentucky unless they have a 92.7 percent chance of winning it all, according to ESPN.
2: Well, my bracket i don't have kentucky winning it uh who do you got check it i actually have wisconsin believe it or not i wouldn't mind that big 10 let's go And, and you know i when i was at platteville bo ryan was there so you know i'm a little biased but i think this year he's putting it together so well tires man i appreciate you coming out to the man cave chilling with me uh where you're literally chilling in Chicago, and I'm burning up, but, you know, that's a whole other story. Got to get you out here so we can go ahead and uh, shoot some and get release the chamber a little bit.
3: Soon enough, it'll happen.
2: All right, bro, well, you take, you take care. Have a good one, and we are out of here.
1: All right, we're just about out of here. But make sure you come on back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. East, 3 p.m. West for another edition of The Man Cave with J.D. Harris and Ray Austin on the Voice America Sports Channel. See you soon.